0: Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Anne Kurtz-Kernian joins us for this week's episode. Anne is the author of Spiritual Practices for the Brain and A Year of Spiritual Companionship. She is the founder of the inspirational greeting card company, Cards by Anne, and is an international lecturer and retreat leader. In Spiritual Practices for the Brain, Anne is able to relate seemingly simple practices, such as focused breathing, gardening, practicing kindness, or going for a walk, with powerful results for your mind, body, and soul. In this Changemaker podcast episode, Anne and I discuss how these practices can counteract the effects of financial stress. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram.
1: Welcome, Anne. I appreciate you being here today. Well, Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share some of my work with all of your folks in your audience. And if you don't know, Anne is the author of
0: Spiritual Practices for the Brain, Caring for Mind, Body and Soul, and A Year of Spiritual Companionship. So, Anne, can you tell us a little bit about those books?
1: sure my latest book published by loyola press spiritual practices for the brain takes 11 different practices and we'll talk about some of those today that um they're spiritual practices but through my neuroscience research and positive psychology research those are my other academic backgrounds besides theology um, it shows how these practices help um, not only our spiritual lives, but also help our cognitive abilities, help maintain our cognitive functions, and also our emotional well-being, our psychological well-being. So it's nice that all three of these areas recommend similar practices. And I was fortunate enough in the past year to win um, several first place awards for Faith in Science and Faith and Well-Being, my, my book, Spiritual Practices for the Brain. So um, it's an exciting time to be able to share these practices with everyone.
0: I love it. And they're so interrelated. When I do my research on mm-hmm. generosity or financial wellness, and you realize as you you know kind of go into all the research, there is scientific data. There's hormones. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff right. that happens that well, can support you on your journey, but also you need to be aware of that might work against you. Um, and right. I think it's something we need to be aware of as Catholics. It's not just spiritual or physical, that these things go together. Um, so, can yes. you tell us what led you to starting investigate this connection between the two?
1: Well, um, I have a background, I have a degree in environmental engineering, and um, okay. starting in 2008 when our son was beginning to study neuroscience he said, mom, this stuff is really, it really links with what you do. So um, I, and I also have a graduate certificate in positive psychology. And I saw that how each of these areas that were so fascinating to me, I've always been a science oriented math and science oriented kid, but also I've always been, I have a deep contemplative bent in my life. I love walking in the trees and climbing trees when I was a little girl and being outside in nature and seeing God's presence in all of creation. And so these areas of my own interests just dovetailed beautifully into these practices that I either had already had inklings to practice or perhaps just were interesting to me. So um, so I found that you know in doing this research and I should mention that my research in the science area, I only use research from Blue Ribbon, you know, journals that is peer reviewed. Um, It is not like what your aunt Susie told your cousin, Martha, you know, it is, it is absolutely um, solid blue ribbon research uh, because there's a lot of scientific, there are a lot of scientific ideas out there right now that really are not verified. Um, And so it's really important for me to let people know that I'm being very careful in the science that I share with you. But it's very it's so fascinating, and my own it's just my own life's interests all along have really um, brought me to this point where I get to show everyone how good these practices are for our health and well being. And
0: what did you find by bringing all this blue ribbon research together?
1: Together. Well, um, you know, starting with something as simple as the breath, you know, the word breath in in our Christian tradition is also translated as spirit, spirare in Latin and pneuma in Greek. Those are the same words, breath and spirit are the same thing. So even just starting with a simple breath practice, um, you know, just taking deep breaths several times a day, lengthening our exhalations. We know that when we lengthen our exhalations, that brings more calm to our bodies. The parasympathetic system is initiated, and so we release. Stress during the day. So, making that a prayer practice, like breathing in God's love, resting as we exhale in God's peace, doing that several times a day, just a simple breath practice. And then that can bring a mindful presence of God to our lives every time we take a breath. And I often remind people link it to a practice you do, link it to a little action you do every day. Like every time you turn on the light, it could be a cue. Ah, that's my cue to take a deep breath in God's presence, or going up and down. On the steps or opening and closing doors. There's so many things we do every single day repetitively that can be the little links to taking a deep breath, reminding ourselves we're in God's presence. I write about Brother Lawrence from France who talked about, remember God's just like a little glance, give a little glance to God throughout the day. And I love that language of the little glance. It's like when my mom sent me to school, my brother and me, angel of God, my guardian dear to whom God's love commits me here, you know, that prayer. And so I think of that like a little angel looking over my shoulder, um, God being with me throughout everything. And then moving on to how good meditation, meditation is for our brains. And Actually, long-term meditators can do as well as 20-year-olds on visual and spatial tests. They, they're gray matter. The prefrontal cortex is the area right behind our forehead. And that's the area that we need to really keep healthy. And we also want to stay less with less stress because... If we don't keep stress at bay, that prefrontal cortex and the connections back to the other parts of our brains, they go offline. And so we don't make good decisions. We make quick decisions. We may not even have any space between our our thought and our response, you know, so we react and we may do something that we regret later. So it's important that we keep that prefrontal cortex healthy so that those connections remain and we can make good decisions.
0: I love that you are linking this, these practices to our Catholic faith, because I find that sometimes when we talk about these practices, some people may feel it's new age or it's something. So can you talk Mm -hmm. to that? Because I find it fascinating and I have some other questions afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. just to link this back to the financial component. But can you speak to this mm-hmm. that element
1: first? Sure. Oh, yeah. I, well, that was really the main motivation for me writing the book, Spiritual Practices for the Brain, because, and I say in my introduction that um, you know, a lot of times people hear these words like mindfulness or meditation or taking breath, breaths or being grateful that, like you said, new age or something. But, you know, we have these traditions in our Catholic church. You know, um, we have the, the saints of St. Saint John of the Cross. We have St. Francis de Sales. Um, we have the Catholic Catechism even says that meditation is important for each person in our lives. I mean, we have this, these traditions, but no one has really uncovered them to link them to this science that we have too, It says, yes, do this for your your body and brain health as well. You know, we have lots, you know, um, Julian of Norwich and St. Teresa of Avila, all of these saints in our background and our our Catholic church have talked about spending time in quiet, just being with the the, the friend who loves us and we know God loves us and just be quiet and sit with that, not even saying any like mental prayers, but just saying, I'm just going to sit here being with God simply in silence. And silence is part of our tradition too. And it's not just from a, you know, a modern new age sort of um, teaching, but it really is deep, many, many hundreds of years back into our tradition from the 1400s even. Oh
0: goodness. I love it. And when I bring all this research in, um, it's really fascinating that financial stress can Mm -hmm. cause these, these other, you know, things that we don't realize how they affect our lives in so many ways, but. It can cause a 10% decrease in IQ. It increases marital stress, increases, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, cortisol levels, all these different physiological things. What Mm -hmm. I find fascinating as well is that it has a multi-generational effect that when children are raised in a stressful environment, that prefrontal cortex can't develop. So they are not able to physically put time between impulse and action because they didn't have those Mm -hmm. connections developed. Mm-hmm. Um, right. so is, is, does your research lead to the same conclusions in other areas oh, of absolutely. as well?
1: Yes. Um, Part of my research is also on telomeres, which are the end caps of our chromosomes. Dr. Elizabeth Blackburn is that um, 2012. Yeah, she's the 2012 Nobel Prize winner in medicine Mm -hmm. and physiology. And her research was on telomerase, which is the the enzyme. Remember in biology class, you learned anything ending with an ASE is an enzyme. And that's what keeps our telomeres healthy, that we need to have good production of telomerase. Those end caps of our chromosomes can fray more quickly if we are under stress. And that premature fraying causes premature aging. And you can see those effects in children and in young adults and adults, of course, too, who are under stress. They have, like you said, the prefrontal cortex does not develop as, as, as well. Even in children as young as eight years old, they see that their telomere length is already prematurely shortened because of the traumas and because of the Unstable neighborhoods that they may be living in, so their ability to learn, their uh, their health um, in general is already compromised because of those shortening of the telomeres. So we want to keep those telomeres healthy, and and the best way to do that is keep stress at bay. Stress will shorten telomeres. Stress will so every time your cells divide, those telomeres get shorter and shorter and shorter. And the problem is, is when they're, when there's no longer any telomeres that when and the cell dies, the cell just doesn't sit there. It actually sends out pro-inflammatory messages to the rest of our body. And we know inflammation is the cause of a whole host of diseases and and mental as well as physical diseases. So, you know, if we want to keep Alzheimer's at bay, if we want to keep cognitive decline at bay, we want to keep those telomeres healthy. We see this when we see a president enter uh, his administration and four years later, eight years later, what do you see in the hair? It's grayer right. because telomere length also shows up in hair follicles. And hairs, hair follicles die. That's what happens when when you know the pigment cells die. And so we don't have color in our hair. We have gray hair instead. And that's another that's due to stress as well. So premature graying can be related, not always, because it could be a genetic factor, but can be related to stress. So stress has an incredible amount of. <laughs> problems head to toe, you know. Um, And like you said, cortisol is released and cortisol is also damaging. You know, we have our, um, the, the whole axis that, that winds up putting, we want to have cortisol come into our bodies. If we see something like a child running out to the street, we want to be able to jump and grab the child back. So we want to have cortisol in our bodies. We want to have that fight and flight response when it's appropriate, (laughs) when it's appropriate, but it's not appropriate. Most of the time, our brains were developed, you know, our ancestors brains developed to always be aware of danger. So we have what we call the negativity bias. You know, we're always looking for what's wrong out there. What, what should we, we're scanning for problems. And we grab onto all the things that are problems. We hold onto them like they're Velcro, but it's not helpful in our modern world. We don't need to be holding on to every nasty comment in a comment section or every, um, you know, an email that wasn't really satisfactory. You know, we need to let those things go. So one of the researchers in neuroscience says we should take in the good as it's Velcro and let the bad slide off like Teflon. But our brains are just the opposite the way they've developed. So we're really trying to work with these evolutionary tendencies in our brain to kind of, we've got to let go of the difficulties. They're usually not life-threatening like they were though for our ancestors. Our ancestors had life-threatening um, animals and berries that were poisonous, et cetera, everywhere in their environment, but we don't have that. So we need to, you know, learn to take a deep breath, settle ourselves back, being grateful for what we have, being grateful. And But Brother David Stendhal-Rass, a Catholic monk, is really the primary teacher of gratitude in the world and he says we should be grateful in situations not necessarily for situations meaning that yes things can be really difficult you know i had COVID very early on and i was in bed for a long time had a fever for 11 days but even in situations like that i can say what can i be grateful for i'm grateful i have a roof over my head i'm grateful i have a husband to take care of me you know there's things we can be grateful for even if we can't be grateful for that situation in that situation, we can be grateful for them. So I'm hearing some different things and, um, and correct me if I'm
0: wrong here. So we're, we're talking about, we're going to have stress. I mean, there's going to be stressors that hit us. You had mentioned COVID. There's other people that have financial stressors from job loss. I live in Las Vegas It shut down the entire industry here for a year. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have these stressors. Um, So it's a matter of, if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, resilience with those stressors, because it's not Mm -hmm. that we can always, Mm -hmm. there is environmental controls, we can learn how to avoid certain stressors. But when they happen, Mm -hmm. we need to learn resilience. And it sounds like you're saying resilience should be centered in gratitude.
1: Yes, that's one of the key practices for resilience. The other piece, though, is just being mindful That we are in a stressful situation and also practicing self compassion. These are all chapters in my book um, that, you know, self compassion. I just gave a workshop um, yesterday on this. Um, self-compassion helps us to serve others as well. We need to take care of ourselves so that we can also take care of others. And the more we practice self-compassion, the more we're able to deal with these financial stressors or these environmental stressors, we are not gonna live in a world that is stress-free. And we need to learn to deal with stress too. A little bit of stress is not bad. We need to have stress in our life so we can learn to deal with it appropriately. But when we allow those, those thoughts to continue winding through our head over and over and over again. Our thoughts also have all sorts of negative responses in our telomeres and in our bodies and our brains. So our thoughts also have as much of, uh, to do with our health as our as our actions do, because they have, and Harvard had, did a really great study about this a few years ago, that and really showed how much just thinking about piano playing changed the motor cortex in people's brains as much as those people who actually put their fingers on the. The piano keys people just thinking about it so if you think about like you have to have a stressful conversation Even thinking about it can make your heart rate go up and your sweaty palms and feeling anxiety and feeling like you got to walk around the block to walk it off. (laughs) Um, Those, you know, we have stress that just from thoughts. So it's important that we manage what we're thinking about. And that's where the the practice of mindfulness and taking a breath and gratitude and self-compassion, all of those come in. One of the other practices that I really, Um, really um, recommend and people were doing more and more during COVID is getting out into nature. We know that just 15 minutes of getting out in what we call awe walks, just taking a walk and being awed by the creation around us, or even if just sitting amidst trees or listening to birds, that also decreases our stress hormones. It allows our brain to feel, to to be healthier. And again, is a very, very effective way of controlling stress. Um, One of the scientists that I follow regularly, I listen to an hour or two, um, um, lecture of his every week is Dr. Andrew Huberman from Stanford. And he talks about when we're dealing with stress, don't try to think our way out of it. We have to use our bodies in some way. So we need to get up, we need to stretch, we need to dance to music, we need to walk around the block, something physical, or just simply taking deep breaths. And again, exhaling longer than inhalations. Those are all little tools that we can use to release the stress that we may be feeling, we are going to feel stress. But if we want to keep those connections and make good financial decisions and other decisions, we've got to keep those connections between the prefrontal cortex and the rest of our brain. We've got to keep those open and, and healthy. If we're not keeping stress at bay, we're not going to make good decisions. It's as simple as that. And we know that making a decision when we're under stress is like trying to think about things with loud music blaring in the background. Mm-hmm. It's not, those pathways are shut off from us. They are not available to us if we are under stress. Those connections between our prefrontal cortex and the rest, that prefrontal cortex is absolutely to keep online so that we can make those good, good decisions and keep our emotional regulation proper. We can't do that if we're under stress.
0: So interesting. Yeah. Because when you're right, when we are under stress, there is stuff happening physiologically. So you're climbing an uphill Mm -hmm. battle here. Um, and you Mm -hmm. also spoke about self-compassion and I was listening to, um, I can't remember her name as a professor from UT Austin yesterday, but she was talking about self-compassion versus self-deprecation. And mm. we tend to do this, especially in a financial way because our financial mm-hmm. decisions can have long-term impacts um, sure. on ourselves and our families. So what can someone do to get out of their own mind? Um, th- you know, if when we're in our own mind, it's not God talking to us, right? So you can't think mm-hmm. your way out of stress. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. someone is in a financial stressful, financially stressful situation, what can and should they do to break and interrupt that cycle and get out of their own minds here?
1: Well, there's there's several different things you can do. And what I always recommend is, um, you know, one of the oldest um, theologians in the Catholic Church said each one of us can finds their own unique path to God. And this was like back in the two and three and four hundreds, like long, long, long time ago at the very beginning. You know, each of us in our own professions has a unique path. So, you know, I give lots of different pathways to to release our stress and to and to um, move forward. But each of us will be different. So I'm going to give you a couple different options. Um, You know, one of them is and what I find effective as someone because I have a greeting card company, Cards by Ann, and I'm always creating. Um, I to be creative, I can't be under stress. I cannot do anything well, not you know if I'm under stress. I can't think of a creative idea and often finances are the same thing. We need to be creative in our finances, in our financial situation. We cannot do that if we are stressed out. so, you know, like I said, you can, you can put a breath prayer practice into your day. Now you may find, feel like, oh gosh, I'm just wasting my time. It's one more thing I have to do, but you can do this even just sitting at a traffic light. You know, you've got two or three minutes instead of trying to pick up your phone, which we we shouldn't be doing anyway. Um, you know, to use it as a as a little gift. This is a little contemplative gift that you've been given to take a deep breath in God's presence and not think about anything. Release all of the worrisome thoughts. Um, the more we can just acknowledge our, our worries, but then release them, we can get into places where we can make better decisions. Um, and then, as I said, that leads to a mindful attitude where we, okay, we name the thought that we're having. You know, I'm feeling really out of sorts right now i'm feeling like my body is really stressed just naming that is an important first step and once we name it we say okay this is difficult this is difficult you might even cross your arms over your heart we know just a physical touch or hug your child or your partner Um, just having the physical touch releases, <clears throat> excuse me, oxytocin, which is like a little opiate that makes us feel better. It's the love hormone. So even just giving, if things are really tough, even when I was struggling with um, with recovering from COVID, I did this regularly, just giving, if my husband wasn't around and I could, but he didn't want to get too close to me. We didn't know he gave it to me, but until we did... <laughs> So, you know, just giving yourself the love and affection that you would a good friend. And when when we're under stress often, we often think that we need to do all sorts of things that we wouldn't even ask a good friend to do. If Like when I was sick, I was really worried that I wasn't answering emails quickly. And I thought to myself, would I tell a good friend who was sick to get up out of bed and go answer emails? Of course I wouldn't. So treat ourselves. Remember, God loves us too. <laughs> and that we need to care for ourselves as we could imagine God caring for us, that God cares for us. Don't be putting too much on top of our plates, which sometimes is what causes too much stress is we think we have to do everything today. Remind ourselves we have tomorrow, You know, we can take a deep breath today. Be grateful for what we have today. Be grateful we have these, almost be grateful for the financial problems that we have finances in order to even consider. There's people in the world who are refugees who don't even have a roof over their head or don't even know how where they're going to eat tomorrow or even this afternoon so just being grateful that we even have these resources to ponder and to think about how am i going to get through this next hurdle so that that piece of gratitude of self-compassion again getting out into nature even serving even like even amidst financial situations that are difficult getting out into community, being a part of a community is really important. Harvard did a research on people who attend church and they found that people who are churchgoers tend to be more psychologically healthy because they have other people who know them, rely on them. We can ask people to pray for us. Um, you know, we feel connected to other folks. And then when they are in situations, we support them as well. And that makes us feel good. And that's healthy for our brains and our bodies. It's so cool that all mm-hmm. of these people practices in the Catholic community are actually good for our brains and our bodies. It's amazing when you look at the whole big picture
0: and you realize how the Holy Spirit has given us all these gifts, but we do get in our own minds and, um, you know, our our hamster does not want to get off that wheel. So I'm thinking of a a big meeting I had yesterday. It was so a lot of work to prep for. As soon as Mm -hmm. the meeting was done, the only thing I could think to do was go for a run. That was the only thing my mind wanted. And those interrupters are just so powerful. After I had that run, Mm -hmm. it was a half hour of the day, got back Mm -hmm. and could jump back in with a fresh state of mind. So those little interrupters, gratitude, you know, being out in, in, in wilderness or being out just getting fresh air, um, community, and we can't minimize those, especially when it comes to our finances and finances Mm -hmm. in particular can be isolating. We have our ego wrapped up in it. We have, um, and our ego is, you know, it's tied to just our sense of self and self-ego or, you know, our um, self, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Self-esteem is tied to self. So finding our esteem through God and through Jesus and through all those different things is really the greatest interrupter of all, because we see that we're part of this whole thing. Uh,
1: right, exactly. Yeah. That. And that and and feeling, you know, when we don't have self-compassion for ourselves, we isolate ourselves. And mm-hmm. isolation, as you said, it's the worst thing. You know, people want to be helpful. You know, ask yeah. for help. One of the worst things, and I'm I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I know all about trying to do things on my own, trying to be trying to not make mistakes, etc. And I'm still working on that. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) even at my age. But, um, but you know, what I discovered more and more as I've grown older is people want to help us people, you know, ask people for help. They're honored that we've asked them for help. You know, maybe ask someone who you see is financially on great stead, you know, and maybe ask them for what, what would you, what advice would you give to me? You know, you've obviously made great decisions. People feel honored to be able to help. Um, when I was sick with COVID, I had neighbors sending over um, soup and different different treats. And I couldn't eat most of them because I wasn't feeling that good. But just a sense of being cared for by others They loved it. It made us even closer now than than we ever were because they reached out to me when I was in need. So, you know, allowing others to help us is another important piece. Um, Asking for help. And it does mean we, like you said, you have to let that ego kind of recede a little bit and say, okay, I'm gonna let my ego go and I'm gonna ask for help. But just know that people love to help. (laughs) And wouldn't we love to be asked when we're in a situation when we can Mm -hmm. offer advice and offer help. It's a great gift. And you know, research shows that being able to give to others you know, makes us so happy and actually winds up for um, people who are volunteers have a much lower rate of, of death than people who don't ever volunteer. So I mean, even even death and disease is impacted by our ability and our willingness to give and take.
0: Hmm. All related. It's all related. There. Yeah, Yeah. you had said there was 11 practices. I know that we covered several Mm -hmm. of them. Are there any other that we didn't cover that you think can be helpful to someone going through financial stress?
1: Um, well, I, I mentioned creativity. That's one of the mm-hmm. practices because sometimes financial situations require us to think creatively. Um, so that's one of them. And I mentioned mindfulness and meditation and gratitude, being self compassionate, being in community and serving. Those are two different ways. Another thing that I, it's one of the chapters in my book, and it's really important, is digital distraction. Um, We, we wind up, uh, whenever we're distracted, and we're distracted regularly, if we have devices around, that's really bad for our brains. It's really bad for our stress levels. So getting, and in my book, I have lots of, um, suggestions on how to do that, like keeping a phone out of a room, not having any, I, I never, after I've done this research, I don't have any um, noises on my phone where I get pings for texts or anything. I just check my texts a couple times a day. All of this helps our brain and deal with stress, but also keeps our brain healthy. So really drilling down on healthy habits surrounding our, our technology, that's a really important piece. And it winds up really showing how much better our brain can be even if you do just a little bit you know try to draw back less and for children it's enormously important because their brains are still developing to try to make sure that we don't just babysit them have them babysit with technology to really you know they also need to get out into nature read a book be creative draw something those are all important pieces too not necessarily relating to financial health but again if we don't have the brain cells available to deal with any financial situations that technology really does impede those uh, those abilities of ours so those are kind of the main the main chapters of my book and every chapter has practices in order to help us you know there's little gray boxes scattered throughout each chapter saying this is a practice you might want to try i always recommend to don't try to try everything at once just take one just take one practice and try to do it for a week more important to do it frequently than to have a long duration nor Neuros- science also tells us frequency is more important than duration doing things every single day a couple times a day much more important for rewiring our brain and getting our our good pathways all set up so that we can make good financial decisions
0: that is fascinating because i was actually doing research for a project we're working on and especially with finances we often focus on the finish line we're very finish line Mm -hmm. oriented Mm -hmm. really we should Mm -hmm. be starting line oriented so just mm-hmm. showing up and doing these little, yes. pra- just starting the practice, right, is where the habit right. happens, and that's where the change right. happens. Is the sh- constant showing right. up rather than focusing on the finish right. line,
1: right, right? Because right. the finish line can feel overwhelming really. I mean, you think, oh my gosh, where am I ever going to get there? It's going to be 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. It's the start. And you and and habits are tough to break and habits are tough to start. So linking again, again, linking that habit to, to a key physical thing. Like say you want to go for a walk every morning, put your shoes out and put your clothes out right next to your bed. So when you wake up, they're right there and you can get into them. There's no friction involved in, in that new habit. We want to make it as frictionless as possible. Setting up, So like put it so that you're not always, you know, annoyed by your phone, putting it in another room. So making it more filled with friction that you have to go check your phone. So just thinking about those sorts of habits and putting more friction in between the ones you want to get rid of and putting less friction in the ones that you want to embody and start nurturing. I had this Marine that I was working with years ago
0: when I was working with sailors and Marines. And it was the funniest thing that he did, but it works. And now I use it. And what he did was he couldn't stop his um, credit card spending. So Mm -hmm. he went and got a Ziploc bag and put water in the Ziploc bag and put the credit card in there and then froze it. So if he wanted to use the credit card, he had to defrost the whole thing. And so there was, yeah. So it was like an artificial, you were saying the prefrontal Mm -hmm. and the decision and the Mm -hmm. action he created that artificially because he knew he didn't yes. have that himself,
1: Yes, which mm-hmm. is fascinating. Yeah. You put, like I said, you put friction in between the actions that you may not want to do. So say you just love to go out to Marshall's and buy new clothes. That's um dangerous. But it, but it may, Oh, very dangerous. <laughs> that's why I mentioned it because, uh, you know, just walking into Marshall's, oh, wow, for $2 and things you don't need, um, you know, but putting friction in there, um, maybe making sure you never pay with a credit card. You always pay with cash. Who's got $20 in, in their wallet and cash? Oh, we Most of us don't walk around with that much cash anymore, but setting up some guidelines for yourself and like your sailor, you know, um, putting a credit card in a frozen bag. I mean, that's genius because then it takes some time. The more space we can create um, between, you know, actions and decisions, that is, that's excellent because it gives our brain a sense, a chance to say, is this something I want? Or something that I'm just responding to. Is it an impulse? And we want to create that space. And again, that's where mindfulness comes in, being mindful, and then creating those when we don't have the impulse, when when it's, you know, when we're just thinking about those, trying to create, and that's where creativity comes in, mm-hmm. creating other steps along the way that either, either will make it easy for us to save. You know, I know they show that people who have automatic saving taken out of their paychecks, their savings are way easier because they're not even thinking about it. Again, that's a frictionless savings plan just goes right into savings don't even have to think and in 10 years you've got all the savings and you haven't even thought about it so just trying to make it an easy path to savings and a difficult path to spending um those things that we don't necessarily need so putting the putting the friction where you need it and taking friction out where you don't i
0: love it this has been a fascinating conversation, Anne. I feel like we could keep going for a couple hours. Oh, I feel like could. all of our, our research is overlapping so well. But is oh, there anything else you'd yeah. like to share? We're going to put your book in the show notes so we can
1: make oh, sure great. people have access okay. to that. Yeah. Is there anything else yeah. you
0: mentioned? Cards by Anne, which yeah. for the for the audience, we had met at the Las Vegas Diocesan Conference where you had a table and these gorgeous cards. They're beautiful.
1: Yeah. So you okay. have a website. Yeah. Right. It's just cardsbyann.com, And if you have any questions for me, I always answer. If you're looking for other types of books that you'd like me to recommend, um, just go to cardsbyann.com, Ann's with an E. And there's a place where you can just email me. Um, and we have, I've been doing these cards for almost 40 years now. <clears throat> it really for the Catholic market. And I do the calligraphy and artwork and then they get reproduced. So, um, and we keep them really reasonable, $1.50, $1.75, um, really reasonable for folks so that they can, you know, share you know, share the good news with all sorts of people. So yeah, feel free to go to the website and my books on the website. You can go to Amazon or Loyola Press or your local bookstore. Wonderful. Thank you for being here today. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for
0: joining us for this week's episode and a big thank you to Ann for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, and another thank you to Ann's husband, Jack, who is the impromptu technical support for this week's episode. Thanks, Jack. All right, Changemakers, have a wonderful week and God bless.